Well, good morning, everybody. It's Duncan, and I'm talking to you this morning from an upscale shopping court called Trolley Square in the city I'm in. It's one of those 1970s converted city trolley barn projects that was undertaken by the dad of a pal of mine in, in school. It was hip in the 70s when it was a kind of an homage to the 19th century. And it's hip now as kind of an homage to the 1970s. But it's a lovely place to be. And there's lots of glossy bricks around and wrought iron and retro looking advertisement. And it's very nice. I come here for the snooty shops, even though I don't spend anything, and the iced coffee, which I'm enjoying at this moment. And right now the place is full of candles and pine boughs and it smells lovely. And the stores are encrusted with extra lovelies, Christmas decorations that smell even better, kind of maybe too much, kind of sweet and sickly, but I like it. And I'm actually here because I like it. I like how it smells. And that brings us to what I want to talk about today. It smells Christmassy here, and I'm going to make a point about that very thing. You're listening to No Sermons, and I'm Duncan Fisher, and you can reach out to me at nosermons at substack.org, or get on the chat and say hello. By the way, we got several hundred new arrivals between yesterday and today, 405 to be exact. So welcome, everybody. It's lovely to, to make your acquaintance. And... Today is going to be how we like to set aside our sacred space with smells. Well, that we associate special smells with, with Christmas in particular, and other spiritual times, is clear. We know that. We've been doing it for a long time. We know what the smells are. They're things like cinnamon and evergreens and oranges and cloves, and they're there for historical reasons. They're traceable to our generally English and generally German 19th century sentimentality roots. We rehearse these still. You see them in Disney movies. You see them in commercials. We know what to do to set aside Christmas generally, whether or not we celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday. My daughter took me to, to buy pants and because uh, th she thinks I'm pretty inept in shopping, which I am. And she said, there, now you're all set. Now on the way out, we have to go down to the Christmas section and smell the Christmas candles. And so we did, because of course we did. At home, by the way, at this very moment, there is on the stove a yummy potpourri cooking, and the place smells great. It smells like cinnamon and evergreens and oranges and cloves. Now, I do not believe that all this Christmas business around me in this shopping center is all simple sentimentality. I do not think that we are that cynical as human beings. I think there is some deep element of, of, of something that we want to call sacred that we can't kill, even with heavy-handed retail cosplay. That's why that stuff is here. 
Now, I'm not talking about those dumbass Santas that you see in parking lots. That's, that's too much. Nothing spiritual about that that I can see. But I mean the part that we let glimmer through the crusts and you know, pretenses of our, our mercantile lives. For that's how we're set up in Western nations. We are shopkeepers. That's how we think. That's how we do our laws. That's how we educate. That's our culture. We dress everything up for sale. And in spite of that, we know and we denote, even by smells, even in our shopping malls, the sacred. By the way, sacred has a special meaning. It doesn't mean holy. Holy is that which pertains to God and just is. Sacred, by definition, is what we set aside for God. There's even a verb you can talk about, sacring. That's how you, you make a priest, or in the Middle Ages, made a king. Sacring. And in that process, and in that impulse that we have, smells, like those in this shopping mall, play a big part. At this point, I'll draw your attention to how we do sacring outside shopping malls. We do it in spiritual practice. We do it in our churches, for one thing, with candles and, and, and at least, and with a lot of incense in some traditions. You see it burning and carried along by priests, and the area gets smoked or sensed, C-E-N-S-E, to sense is to claim space with incense. And we make it out of frankincense, which is a dried form of Boswellia sap, known to be medicinal to the ancients and very expensive. Interestingly, by the way, dermatologists are running trials on antimicrobial properties of that very thing now, so maybe they were onto something. And we use it still in aromatherapy. Claiming spiritual space, sacring space with smells happens in formal religious settings and it has clear back to the ancient Middle East. It was certainly the practice among early medievals. I had a summer love once many, many years ago in my Caldo youth with a girl who introduced me to her grandparents whose family name was Weirauch, W-E-I-R-A-U-C-H. And they loved to tell me that their name meant holy smoke. And they were right, because the Rauch part, Ruch in, middle, in Old High German, means smoke, and the Vi part of it is the ancestor of the German word Widmen, which means to, to consecrate. And Weiruch is the word that the early Germanic tribes used for uh, early Christian incense. Weiruch. So we do the claiming of space with beautiful smells. And if you've ever been in a church at Christmas time, you probably will find it very, very pretty. It's a lovely smell. And we do it in other places too. Other, other forms of spiritual practices. One of the obvious ones is outside formal religions, but with religious undertones nevertheless, and that's in the practice of smudging, 
for ghosts. Out in paranormal culture, you hear about this a lot. People get a haunting in their house and they go around saging. Right now, it's fashionable to get your sage ethically. You have to source it, and it has to be from a Native American. I keep seeing in online spaces. And white sage is supposed to work better than any other kind of sage. Language like that's probably an indicator of the demographic and the general background of the people who do it, but that's, that's a different study. Meanwhile, notice the instinct. Outside of a formal religious tradition, it's still sacring space with an acknowledgement to what you might as well call the holy. We do it there too. For one thing, when you, when you smudge in your house, you set aside with smoke, or a special kind of smoke, safe space, good space, welcoming space, sacred space. For another, you can establish a change in your relationship with spiritual entities by doing this. And the spiritual entities are understood to, to recognize this. For another, if you use the wrong kind of sage, or if you approach it with the wrong mindset, it doesn't work as well. Push it far enough, and it's magic. But it's still got religious undertones. Sometimes it's got almost formal, if improvised, religious undertones. For one thing, language goes with it. You mind how you talk while you're doing it. Sometimes there's ceremony with candles or things that you paint on the floor. Or sometimes you open windows. Sometimes you speak to the spirits. You encourage peaceful union with the light and freedom from earthly entrapment. You're doing something priestly for the benefit of a soul which is caught in the afterlife somewhere and should be somewhere else in the afterlife. Or, in the same actions, you can banish bad spirits from this now sacred space. And I've heard people say, only spirits of light are allowed here. We claim this space. Sometimes, we even invoke the name of, or the idea of some form of, of deity. Sometimes it's, it's articulated. There's spirit, or there's guardian, or there's goddess, or something. Something beyond us, and something that's understood to be the origin and the destination and the arbiter of traffic and spirits. Anywhere on that continuum between the established traditions or the improvised new traditions that are slowly establishing as institutions or the not overtly spiritual but spiritually infused exercises in mercantilism, you see this. Smell matters. Smoke matters. 
it's deep stuff, all of this use of claiming space by smell. It's just part of how we instinctively respond, I think, to our innate sense of the approach of the divine, or of the approach of the holy. That's what sacring is, whatever you may call it and how informal it may look. It's about as human as we get, our awareness that we need to do this and that there are ways to do it. And I have to say, I think it's very beautiful. And you see it everywhere, even if it's disguised. Those are my thoughts today. Let me know yours. We'll see how this audio situation here in the shopping center works. I may have to do this again from my mobile recording studio, which is to say my beat-up Toyota out in the parking plaza. But let's see how it goes. I look forward to hearing from you and welcome everybody. And be good.